On May 7th at 1 p.m., the mayor of Astoria will be cutting a ribbon to dedicate the new Fort Astoria sign at one of Astoria's National Historic Landmarks on 15th in Exchange, the site of John Jacob Astor's 1811 fur trading post that became known as Fort George. Hello and welcome. I'm Astronomist Ray. Over the next half hour, we're going to tell the story of the new Fort Astoria sign in the words of many of those involved in this project. The story of the new sign starts with an observation from one of our community members who felt that the verbiage on the sign, which was originally crafted in 1948, needed to be more inclusive and accurate in its wording. My name is Liz Harris. I live here in Astoria and have kind of a community art space downtown, but also do a lot with my own music and a record label. A lot of different things going on. But anyway, <laughs> I've lived here for about 10 years and I'd been here already for like five or six years before I was walking down the street one day and noticed this sign I'd never bothered to stop and read, you know, as a little aged and hard to read. And I read it and I, um, I was really shocked by what it said. <laughs> So that's kind of how my interest in the sign started, the Fort Astoria sign. Um, it led to conversations with friends first, I would say, just saying like, hey, have you actually read this thing? And it crossed my mind again, and I posted something on Instagram, and there was a ton of feedback. And I was like, oh, well, no one likes this sign. <laughs> um, why is it here? But that Instagram post led to someone who was currently on the parks board reaching out, Jessica Schleif. She said, you know, you can come and talk to us about this. I went down there and I was so nervous to speak to people that I wrote it all out because <laughs> I didn't want it to just come across as confrontational or like, I hate this. Why is it here? I thought about it and um, I thought it might be good to just have a focus on suggestions for change rather than just, I don't like this. So that's what I tried to focus on. Hey, I'm Jonah Dart McLean. I'm the director of Parks and Recreation for the city of Astoria. And uh, I was involved in the Fort Astoria sign project. I was actually the parks maintenance supervisor when the project um, was first brought up by the community member Liz Harris, who had mentioned that the wording on the sign was uh, kind of inappropriate and a little outdated. So um, after going down and taking a look at the sign, it was pretty clear that the structure and um, the construction of it needed to be updated as well as the wording. You know, I think the, the most challenging part of the process was just at the initial outset as I, I came into it with a really strict maintenance point of view. And so my thought was we should change the whole structure of the sign to a metal sign and then a non-degradable, like a polyplastic uh, format, which I think has its merits in terms of maintenance, but obviously was, was challenging because it really changed what the overall look of the sign would be. So um, that was one challenge that was really great to get the feedback on ways we could work forward and especially with uh, the LCPS and John Gutenberger and Lucian Swerdlaw from the college being really excited to undertake replacing the sign and going back to the original design was really, really great. So um, yeah, it was a challenge, but it was also really great to see the end result of that. I'm Rachel Jensen. I'm the executive director for the Lower Columbia Preservation Society. So I had two roles in this project. The first was um, that I initially 
questioned at the HLC public hearing um, whether or not plastic was the correct material to be used um, in a replacement sign for the fort uh, site. Uh, I didn't know much about the history of the sign itself. So um, getting involved in that was really a kind of a, a spur of the moment thing in terms of I was on my way to HLC. I knew this was on the agenda, but there was other things on the agenda I was also concerned with. So on the way to um, that meeting, I stopped at the library because um, I just had this sense that there might be more to the story than was in the packet in terms of the history and the importance of the sign for the community. And when I looked in the card catalog, there were multiple cards of information about how, you know, how much the community had come together to protect that site and then to mark it with a historical marker. And then there was mention of parades and dedications. And I just felt like I was hoping that HLC would take the time to learn more about the history before deciding what to do um, with that sign. Then I also was asked by the mayor later in the process um, to be on the work group for uh, rewriting the language for the sign. And in that time, I did a bunch of research um, and found, you know, what I thought was kind of a pretty concise story and brought that back to HLC. And they did they did vote five to one at that hearing to replace the sign with plastic. Um, they did change that they were going to add wood posts to it, but that the sign would be a composite material. And I brought that decision back to the board of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society and, you know, asked them, how, how important is this to you? How much do you think this um, is something that we need to stand up for? And they were, I, I felt like there was a real strong feeling amongst the board members that we go ahead and appeal that decision and try to, to try to find a way to slow it down, figure out what was, you know, what the condition of the original sign was. Um, if that was the original sign, just really flesh out that history and pursue, if having to restore it or replace it, that we do it with uh, like-minded materials. So wood, preferably. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bruce Jones. I'm the mayor of the city of Astoria. At city council, we found out that the sign had deteriorated and LCPS and Clatsop Community College's preservation program were gonna take charge of restoring it, which is wonderful. And somehow in the process, I went ahead and read the text of the sign, and um, I thought it was a little dated, and I found out there was a few other people in the community who maybe felt the language was dated. So I thought, well, this is a really a good opportunity to engage some of our local historians and ensure that you, know, you only have 150 words, and you want to reflect the history of this area and this point of land in only 150 words, centuries and centuries of history. It's very difficult to do. But one pretty significant omission on the old text was that it really didn't talk about indigenous peoples at all. Um, and uh, this was an opportunity to engage with the tribal representatives and our historians in the area. And let's make sure we captured the full history of the region before and after the first white settlers came here. I wanted it to be a very representative and knowledgeable um, committee. So I turned, of course, to our city historian, uh, John Goodenberger, and the Clatsop County Historical Society and just said what we want to do is get a very accurate historical representation in this very short text and we also want to have indigenous voices represented so let's just uh, brainstorm who the people are that we should consult with to get the right people on the committee and, and of course Mac Burns and John Goodenberger knew the right people um, and so we got uh, qualified historians and also uh, indigenous representatives and people that had dealt with uh, similar issues, you know, signage and interpretive signage on cultural matters and historical matters, as well as indigenous 
um, issues. And so I think we got a really good, well-rounded team of experts to, um, to look at the text of the sign and make sure that it's something we could be really uh, satisfied with. Um, I'm John Goodenberger, and I am in this capacity, uh, the city of Astorians city historian. And I was asked to work with a group to rewrite uh, the sign at Fort Astoria, the park there. And we had a wonderful committee that worked on that sign. And I just want to list those folks so I make sure that I get give credit to everybody there. So we had uh, Tony Johnson, who's the chair of the Chinook Indian Nation. We had Dick Bash, who's the co-chair of the Clatsop the Halem Confederated Tribe. Rachel Jensen, who's the executive director of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society. Dr. Chelsea Vaughn, the curator at Clatsop County Historical Society. Jeff Smith, curator at Columbia River Maritime Museum. And Rachel Stokeld, the cultural resource specialist with Lewis and Clark National Park. And we were assisted and directed uh, by Jonah Dart McLean, the director of Astoria Parks and Rec, as well as Bruce Jones, the mayor of Astoria. So it was a wonderful collection of folks coming together to talk about this sign. Our goal for, for the new sign was to talk about the context of Astoria and um, the context specifically of that site. What does that site say? And what are the layers of history that, that, that are on that site? And we were really interested in telling it from both kind of a local perspective, but also a global perspective, because there's so much history there. And we really, our intent was to, was to do it with respect, make sure that we were inclusive, and that make sure that we were accurate. And to do all of this in 150 words or less. Um, and the other piece of that is that we wanted to bring in um, the perspective of the tribal groups in the area. And between Tony and Dick, it was just incredible to hear what both of them had to say about, about the history. And... That, to me, was one of the, the most incredible parts of working on that committee. There were a lot of rewards for me to be on that committee. So one was just the absolute sincerity of everybody on that committee wanting to do the right thing and wanting to talk. And you can imagine that you know, be, times being as they are, where we are trying to be super careful about what we say and be respectful, that there's going to be some feeling of, well, maybe I don't want to say something or maybe I'm going to offend somebody or whatever. Absolute sincerity with folks on that committee. And the other piece of that was absolute respect between the participants and their fellow members. People could be really blunt on that group, and it was okay. It wasn't taken personally. So the respect, the knowledge of the participants, and the knowledge of their local history, and with that was kind of the love and the connection to the history of this group as writers, 
you can imagine the difficulty of walking in the room and having eight people in the room and we're going to write 150 years of history plus with 150 words and we're all going to agree. Uh, my name is Dick Bash. I was part of the committee that worked on the um, signage, the, the narrative for the new sign. I, uh, I got involved in the project, I think, because I really um, have sought out history. Um, I've sought out answers to questions and created questions to ask about history and the are part of the world. And I've worked with museums, all museums, Cannon Beach, Seaside, Warrington County, um, Maritime. Um, I have a perspective on uh, the tribal history. I've worked for the National Park at Fort Clatsop and uh, worked with interpreting different parts, historical, situation. So um, I think that's part of the reason I've, in addition, I was part of the sesquicentennial, Lewis and Clark sesquicentennial and the state's centennial. So I've, I've been a piece of history for a long time. And I, uh, the experience was great. It was, it was tedious at times. One of the great things was really focusing on listening and appreciating other people's point of view and, and, and sort of coming to those aha moments together. The most rewarding part is um, building relationships. I always like to get together with other people who appreciate history and and to share those different perspectives that, you know, that, that that's how you get work done is appreciating the other, another point of view, not that it's right or wrong, but, um, you know, we run into that in tribal histories. Um, different tribes have different perspectives and, you know, we just the way the tribal experience and our relationship with governments um, has really caused us to oftentimes step on each other's toes. And um, so it's really good to have understanding of other perspectives and appreciate them. I worked really hard at, at pulling apart each sentence and each word and, and as did others in the, in the committee. And I really thought I'd hit the top subjects on my list, but I, in rereading re re the sign, I recently found something that I just, I'm really disappointed in myself. And this is a good example how, you know, people think you got it right, but you don't. One of my disappointments is that on the, on the sign, it says, uh, it talks about treaties, and then it says, US settlers 
claim the land in the night in the 1840s. Well, I'll, that that is a fact of history, but it just totally slipped through my fingers that I always talk about this that the reason we had treaties was because the settlers were taking our land, setting up claims in the 1840s, but there was no treaties. And the government sent the treaty makers, Anson Dart and others, out to our, our country in 1851 and pulled us together to sign treaties. And the reason they did that was so they could hand out deeds of, of ownership to settlers when they, they couldn't do that. And the settlers had no deed to their property because there was no treaties that, that had been dealt, negotiated with tribes. So here that is on the sign and I consider that a big, you know, I, I, I really think like I, I really overlook that. Um, hi, I'm Dr. Chelsea Vaughn. I am the curator at the Clatsop County Historical Society. I became involved in the project uh, through John Gutenberger, who was, of course, charged with rewording re the sign. Um, he reached out to both me and our executive director uh, about, about doing it, and I, I was very interested, actually, in taking part. Um, ironically, I had just, maybe the day before, been, complain been complaining about the wording of the sign as it was, um, because I had found it problematic. And also, this was a time when a lot of things locally were being talked about, about the use of certain terminology and the use of you know what was appropriate and if things should be named the way they are. Uh, the comment I had made, like, I think, just the day before was that the only reason that sign hadn't been called out for its wording was because it was had been taken down to be replaced. But it, it was under people's radar at that moment. And had it actually been still up, my sense is that it probably would have gotten a bit more pushback than it did, or a bit more critique uh, than it did. So I happened to, again, so evidently I came into it with a strong opinion about the sign uh, before we even got going on it. Um, so I was glad to then be, you know, a part, and you know, a very small part because we were a committee, and I think a committee that generally worked well together. But that is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of opinions, a lot of agendas to all sort of negotiate and. And navigate. Um, for my part, um, my interest was really, I don't think it was, ju was just my interest, but a lot of my interest was really, I felt the sign was way too focused on, you know, the white experience of settlement. Forging into the unknown, the work on the wording for the sign was new territory for all involved. Here's Rachel Jensen. And we didn't know how to deal with um, a sign that we didn't know what it was going to say. And we didn't know what the voice was going to be. We didn't know who was going to write it. We knew who wrote the 1948 sign. We knew the context of how it was written. You know, we knew it was problematic. And that was a jumping off point, we thought, for interpretation and education. What was missing from that was there was no indication on that sign that it was made in 1948. So one wouldn't know to put it in the context of 1948. Um, and that's a huge hole. And that's something I hope that we 
make sure we do with the new sign is make sure that it's clearly labeled as to when it was put in so that because the same thing was going to happen to us with the new sign. We're going to look back on it in, you know, 70 years if it's still there or 30 years or whatever, maybe five years from now and be like, oh, my gosh, that doesn't suit the way that we, you know, convey historical information any longer. I guess I read the 1948 sign like I said, kind of like as a document, of a, as a relic of 1948. Without the context of when it was made, it loses all of, so much of that meaning. It definitely ex- excludes so much of the story. Um, but again, even back in 1948, they're only working, they're working with so many words that they have to fit on this board. In terms of monuments or historical markers being changed, and I mean, that's definitely something that's been coming up more and more um, in conversations across the country. And this was all happening. There was a, a huge movements going on all across the country while we were in the process of doing this project. So a lot of those things came really to f- the forefront of public consciousness, like right as we were like trying to figure out how we were going to word this new sign. I have seen the new sign. I was I was lucky to be able to be kind of involved along the process um, with uh, Lucian and with uh, with some of the other people who's had working with him, so that I could see kind of as we got the wood, as we decided how we were going to use what products and um, you know how it was going to look. I was a fierce defender of making it look as similar to the 1948 sign as possible. Um, the one from 1990 that we had that we took up to the college and kind of investigated was. Clearly, there was lots of things about it that made it physically different than the original sign. Um, And I really wanted that throwback to the 1948 sign, partially because when I'm doing this research about the site and the sign, initially, I kept coming across uh, souvenirs and things like postcards. I have an international hiking medal. I've seen sesquicentennial plates, things like that. And they all, when they show the Fort Astoria site, historic site, in terms of that little park, that sign is prominent in there. That's part of what makes people identify, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, that I've been there. That sign and how big it is and it's made out of wood, all those things really was part of what that historic site was in terms of as a park, as a site. The way it is now, having seen it installed and kind of the finished product, succeeds very well at still having that that look and feel of the original sign. But I think that kind of pulls together the bastion little piece of fort there. There was a, I don't remember which year it is, but there's a high school yearbook from the mid-century that was, the, the cover was made of wood, like actual wood. So this is just something that was really part of this community at that time with the, given a little context uh, and that kind of memory of the time period of when these things were built. There is this connection with Fort Clatsop and other, you know, like the beaver board connection. Because although our sign isn't really a traditional beaver board, it doesn't have the beaver on top and it doesn't quite made the same. It was included in a book of the time of all the beaver boards. Um, there's a few that are unique. And the fact that it is unique, you know, there's just all those things that I took into consideration when when thinking that it would be um, really cool if it could look like the 1940s. While the community team were working on the verbiage for the sign, another group started working on the sign itself. My name is Brian Petrowski. I'm a a student in the Historic Preservation Program at Clatsop Community College. Um, I got involved in this sign right when I first started the program. Um, I think Lucian identified me as a a woodworker that could accomplish uh, milling up the sign and creating the blanks. 
Um, so basically my involvement was working with Lucian to procure the rough cedar from the only mill. Um, and then from that, I basically took the schematic design and created um, what are the blanks that we have today. I basically milled them down to thickness and width and length and then milled in um, a tongue and groove joint. And then we actually, what, what holds the sign together top to bottom is some all thread that runs through a bore that goes down through the center of the sign. Um, so I fitted it with that. And then um, I guess the next part was creating a, a new schematic design of the sign of how it all laid out and where all the breaks were. So from that, Lucian was able to take John's text that he created and lay it out on the sign to make sure that all the text kind of lined up with how the breaks and the staves of the sign went. Um, and then we were able to pass all that off to the CNC service that milled out all the all the text and all the all the imagery on the back of the sign. Carving of the actual letters and images were done by historian Noel Weber of Classic Design Studio. After the boards were delivered back to the college, Van Slump, a first-year preservation student, had the challenge of painting the lettering to make sure it stood out. I got involved with the Fort Astoria sign project um, pretty much right when I uh, started in the program. I think I actually the first day I was working on the sign was the day before school started. At the beginning, Lucian and I met and he kind of told me about what they wanted to have done. Um, we have this sign. It had been all the lettering had been carved into it. Uh, the sign was mostly prepped for the next stage, which was painting everything. Uh, our our challenge was that a lot of the lettering was pretty small, like the spaces were were really tight, and so we couldn't quite figure out at the beginning how we were going to paint it. And so we tried it. Lucian and I tried a bunch of different things. Uh, we tried with a little paintbrush, and that didn't really work very well. Oddly enough, just using kind of run-of-the-mill spray paint. That was the best um, solution that we could find. Um, we tried more complex things and just a, the kind of the simpler the better, I guess, in this regard. It took a long time. It took a lot longer than I had expected. But at the same time, it was cool because it was a great learning experience. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please join us at Fort Astoria on May 7th at 1 p.m. for the dedication event and to celebrate Astoria's rich and diverse history at 15th and Exchange. In closing are some final words for those community members involved in the project. I think a big thing would be just uh, people using Fort Astoria Park a little bit more. You know, it's, it's um, one of our many parks that don't get a lot of just concentrated use. People often are walking past it or, or looking at it from afar, but uh, taking the time to go in and looking not just at the front of the sign, but the back where the, the map is portrayed, and then also the beautiful mural that Roger McKay has painted. Um, it's, it's a beautiful park as well as just the natural vegetation that's there. Uh, the sign looks beautiful and I very much appreciate the work that your organization has done to make this sign happen because I think it, I think it looks great. I think the update is appropriate and I'm, I'm glad for it, so thank you. Well, we just have a great community of uh, people that care about historic preservation. So whether it's Lower Columbia Preservation Society or Clatsop Community College Historic Preservation Program and the students in the program and just volunteers, the historians at the local museums and at Fort Stevens and Fort Clatsop, there are a lot of people that care about history and, and uh, came together to make this project successful.
We'd like to thank everyone involved in this project and in today's show. This show is a production of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society, engineered and produced by Astronomus Ray, Richard Wynn, and Jamie Lump. LCPS is a nonprofit 501c3. To see photos of both the new and old sign, check out our website at lcpsociety.org. Finally, many thanks to the team at KMUN for helping us make this show possible. And thank you for listening.